Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the fortnightly podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. If you're new to the podcast, then each fortnight we have a bit of a catch up, share what we've been up to recently, the things we've been loving, and then we go and discuss something that we feel is really relevant. However, this fortnight we're going to do things slightly differently because the autumn is here. We know that a lot of people listening are back into lockdown restrictions of some sort of description. And we know that you all really enjoyed the recommendations episode we did back in kind of April or May time. So we're going to do something similar and we're going to share a load of our recommendations. So if you are someone who is having to spend a lot more time home at the moment hopefully these will keep you entertained and just be something nice to focus on instead of what's going on in the world right now so this is so we can all get ready and cozy for autumn because even though I'm in Australia I feel like even I want to do that right now and I do kind of miss getting a little bit cozy and all snuggled up and warm in front of a fire with my big knitted jumpers which is weird I never thought I would actually say that but <laughs> you've joined team cozy and I love it um but before we share all of the things we've been loving how have you been what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks well it does feel weird to be talking about autumn because the weather has been really really nice here so we've actually been making the most of it even though we're still um under lockdown and stage four restrictions um we've been to the park had a few beers and you can now meet in groups of five people um as long as there's no more than two households um, so we've just been to the park and just kind of enjoying the nice weather. Now it's the sun is finally out again, which is a bit hit and miss in Melbourne anyway. Um, but no, it's been really nice to do that. And obviously I should be able to spend time with other people because it has been, it's been interesting to just be four of us in a flat for six months, basically. <laughs> um, but no, it's been a really nice couple of weeks. Um, what have you been up to? Not a lot, to be honest, because while your weather has got really lovely, ours has suddenly taken a very rapid turn um, for drastic storms, which kind of railroaded any plans I had because it was actually Alex's birthday this week and we had planned, I'd planned like four or five different things. So at the start of COVID, we postponed our trip to New York and I was like, right, we'll go for his birthday and that'll be amazing. So it'll be really cosy and autumnal. And pretty quickly that got railroaded. I was like, okay, there's a place in Scotland I've managed to go to for years, we'll go there. And then that got railroaded. And then I was like, right, we'll go to the Cotswolds. And then we couldn't get anywhere. And we were like, eh, I probably shouldn't be going away really anyway. Um, oh. And then we were going to go home. And then that couldn't happen for some other reasons. <laughs> so it ended up being a little bit different to what I planned. But do you know what? Having some time again where you're at home and you're not doing a lot and there's no pressure to be anywhere has been really nice because we've both been so crazy busy to actually just like we woke up yesterday morning we slept in till late and then we're like oh we, we don't have to be anywhere and I think when we were all in like proper lockdown so many of us said that was something that we actually in a weird way found quite beneficial is that we didn't yeah. have that 
pressure and I remember and I said it on here and I said it to so many people like when things start to go back to kind of semi-normal I really want to keep that I want to make sure I've got weekends where I don't do anything it didn't take me long to forget that so actually having some time to just watch a bit of tv read a bit more just relax has been kind of what we needed to be perfectly honest so yeah not a huge deal to report really but it has been quite nice and like you said like the weather's cozy now um don't god don't turn it into a drinking game of how many times you say cozy in this podcast (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we did this last year as well though cozy was like the buzzword the cozy it's very cozy um but yeah we've kind of just wrapped up warm had some really nice meals at home like tried to get back into cooking we found this is so this is I think a lot of people listening might also understand why I find this so exciting, but we found a um, like a fresh produce market that comes into our town every Saturday, which we just didn't know about because we don't normally go into town on the weekend. Um, and it's all like plastic free, fresh, locally sourced, all that kind of thing. So we've just stocked up on loads of vegetables and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> oh, I love those so, kind of markets. And I always find like fruit and veg that I would never usually cook with there and then I end up making other nice things that I probably wouldn't have thought of before I don't know why it's different I don't know if it's just because they have a bigger range but yeah well everything's laid out so nicely and they had these amazing oyster mushrooms and they're it's things like that they're a little bit harder to find in supermarkets or you find them and they're really expensive and they're covered in plastic the the spinach was just wrapped in a rubber band no bag it was wonderful I loved it Um, and it wasn't actually like expensive like we didn't spend any more than we would normally spend if anything we probably spent less um which is just also really nice it's joy out of the little things again I think really (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of joy from the little things, shall we move on to a few recommendations for everyone to enjoy this autumn season? Yes. Shall we get started with movies? Because I do feel like this is the season where you snuggle up and watch a movie. Yes. Do you want to kick it off with your first recommendation? Yes. So this is kind of two in one. And this isn't a new movie. In fact, this movie is actually, I wrote it out, probably about 30 years old. Um, And it is Father of the Bride. If you've never watched Father of the Bride, I cannot recommend it enough. If you like things, it's a Nancy Myers film. So if you like her kind of films, like I think The Holiday, um, stuff like that, you will love this movie. It's so cosy. It's so heartwarming. Um, And the reason I watched it last weekend was they've done a Father of the Bride part three-ish and it's on the Netflix YouTube channel, random. I couldn't find it oh. for ages, but there it is. And they've done it as like a um, charity thing. So it's only 25 minutes. And the second I heard about this, I was like, oh, I've got to go watch it. I cried three times. Um, oh. <laughs> it was so emotional. And then I was like, I've, I've got to watch Father of the Bride. Because I haven't watched it in like a long, long time. I reckon over 10 years. And it was just so heartwarming and lovely. And if you need a cosy movie like that, I'd really recommend And it's funny as well. Like it's Steve Martin. So it's just funny. And then of course, Father of the Bride 2 as well, if you want to carry on, which is kind of a bit more of a far-fetched storyline, but it's still hilarious and cosy. I mean, I do love Steve Martin, but I've actually never seen Father of the Bride. I knew it had him in and I knew it was Nancy Myers. I've just, I don't know why I've never watched it. And now I probably will. I think you will really like it. Kind of how you were surprised I hadn't seen You've Got Mail. I'm surprised oh, yeah. it's a bride. It's that sort of genre of like 
cozy 90s movie. Well, that's why I know I would like it. And I kind of forgot that it existed. And now you've reminded me. You will definitely cry. I think I cried twice in the actual movie. Um, but not because it's sad. Like, it's not a sad movie, but it's just so lovely. Um, I, I will probably cry. I cry at everything these days, apparently. So. Well, so do I. That's my new thing, apparently. It's just a... It's just something I do. I'm just embracing it now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what movies do you have to recommend? So my first movie to recommend is uh, one that's come out really recently on Netflix. It's called Enola Holmes. Don't know if you've seen oh, it. I've seen this. Well, yeah, I've seen you, Oh, I thought we were going to have a very exciting back and forth conversation about it, but you've not seen it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it has, it's come out really, really recently and it's Millie Bobby Brown is the main character. She plays Enola Holmes and she is the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes and Mycroft. And it I'm going to start by saying it it was not what I expected at all. It almost takes on a kind of YA like young adult kind of angle. Um mm-hmm. I could easily see it kind of obviously it's not been adapted from a book, but I can see it having come from some sort of adaptation like that. Um but it's really interesting because she breaks the fourth wall and at first it's like a little bit jarring. Like she's telling you the story and she'll just look at the camera and tell you like an important bit of information, but it kind of combines that really nicely with, she basically has the same sort of um, attitude and skills as Sherlock has. So she's, she sees herself as a young detective and her mum goes missing and she's trying to find out what's happened and she's kind of deciphering all these clues along the way. But she does it by speaking to you, like by breaking the fourth wall. Um, And I really enjoyed it. It took me a little while to get into it, but I actually really enjoyed the whole story arc. And it's got Henry Cavill in as well. He plays Sherlock. Um, There's actually loads of famous faces in it. There's... um, the woman whose name I can't remember, it's Fiona someone, but the woman who plays Mrs. Dursley in Harry Potter, she's oh, also in it as um, well. I know who you mean. It's, I want to say Fiona Harrison, but I actually think her name in the movie is Mrs. Harrison, so I might have got that wrong. <laughs> um, but no, I really recommend it. It's a really nice, easy watch. I wouldn't go into it expecting the same kind of Sherlockian type thing. It's not like the Robert Downey Jr. films. But it's it's really fun and enjoyable and easy to watch. We keep seeing it advertised and I we were a bit like, eh, we love Sherlock, do we want to watch it? And I think I've spoken before about how I felt about when instead of creating a new role for a woman, you just take an existing thing and rework it for women. But actually, then I saw an interview with her, or maybe it was a sponsored ad actually. Something came up. I feel like she's the executive producer on it as well or something like that. And then I was more interested because I think that she is someone who does not do things by halves and she's a very talented actress like she was that's what made me want to watch it because I really like her like and oh and also her mum in it is Helena Bonham Carter as well who I also really love oh interesting so I think we're probably going to pop that on our list to watch because as much as I love Sherlock if it isn't just like a direct copy and you've just replaced the hero with a woman I have a lot more interest in that (laughs) I would say don't go into it with any expectations of it to be like Sherlock because it's not it's not similar it could easily be a standalone thing like the the only knowledge you need is that Sherlock Holmes is this famous deciphering detective but it doesn't actually follow any case that he's doing really oh okay interesting I actually don't have any other movie recommendations do you have any 
I have one quick one, which I, I don't know if I've recommended before or not, but it's on Netflix and I saw it again the other day and remembered how much I love it. And it's The Hitman's Bodyguard. Did you ever watch oh, that? It's oh, it's a it's a great movie. If you like Deadpool, it's got Ryan Reynolds in and it's that similar kind of humour, but also Samuel L. Jackson is in it and the two of them are hilarious together. It's like an action comedy, which is right up my street kind of movie. So definitely recommend giving that a watch as well. It's on Netflix. I just, I love that movie. My other movie recommendation was Knives Out. And then I realized that the reason I knew to watch that was because you had told me to watch it during a podcast recording. So <laughs> I mean, it's also a worthy recommendation. <laughs> it's free on Amazon Prime now. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can just watch it on there. So very exciting. Amazon Prime have just launched like a load of, new, you know how they go through a period of like not having stuff for free and then you get the little Prime line on it. And it's really exciting. They've just added a lot of stuff um to that I've never had Prime I mean Amazon's problematic as hell like I have massive issues with Amazon but Prime is one of the things that gives me so much joy in life um hey I'm a flawed human being who isn't but one of our favorite (laughs) movies now on there as well Crazy Rich Asians and that's like another perfect like easy watch fun movie I think oh yeah yeah definitely I love that movie anyway how about TV Oh, I've been watching so much TV the past couple of weeks. And the, honestly, the reason is because Bake Off and Gogglebox are on and I'm watching them on the UK like catch up. Wow. I always forget about Gogglebox and I love it so much. Maybe I'm going to have a Gogglebox binge later. Do you know what's made Gogglebox even better this time around? So I've kind of watched it on and off over the years. Watching it when you're outside of the country, one, it makes me really miss the UK and the funny little... <laughs> like quirks and things that they say but what's even funnier is them watching it with an American who really doesn't know what some of those words mean oh I wish I could remember what the one was the other day that someone said and Taylor was like what on earth is that and I'm actually like translating some of because some of their accents are so thick especially the northern <laughs> accents and Taylor's like what are they saying <laughs> to like translate it like the Liverpudlian accents and oh god but um that and Bake Off have been a real comfort for me over the last few weeks it's made me feel very at home I stopped watching Bake Off when Sue Mary and Mel left um I was I'm still angry about it it's been several years but this year I just needed the Bake Off coziness so I have started watching and it is nice to have isn't it like it, it just feels like a hug yeah, I think because I've never really been after Mel and Sue and Mary left. I've never watched it like religiously, but this time around, absolutely nice, cozy hug. And I do actually really like Matt Lucas as well. Yeah, I like him and Noel Fielding together. They are funny. Um, that actually leads really nicely on to one of my TV recommendations, because if you are missing your Sue Perkins hit, she has now done, I don't think they're new, like I think they've probably been out for a while, but she's done two series on the BBC um, where she spends a few weeks travelling around a certain part of the world. So the first is Sue Perkins in Japan, which is like, I think you would love. I know Japan holds a very special place in your heart and I think you'd really enjoy that. Um, And the other one is the US-Mexico border and she works her way along the entire border, kind of zigzagging between the US and Mexico both of them are hilarious because she is a hilarious human being. And in the first episode, she goes to a tequila shop and we were like, we were like welling up laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> but it was just really interesting because she has such like a judgment free approach to 
taking in someone else's culture but she'll be very yeah. open and say, I've had a prejudice against this and I was wrong which I just think is really refreshing and also a really powerful approach to have to something um and neither of us have really stopped thinking about them especially the US Mexico border one since we watched them and they're just they're just really brilliant and I would highly recommend if you want something that um if you're into documentaries I think she's a really great presenter for documentaries she makes it feel very accessible yeah I really like her I need to give that a watch actually but that that leads on really nicely to my next recommendation look at that I love it (laughs) so my next recommendation is also a documentary and it's about Japan look at that um and it's on Disney plus and it's called Japan Earth and Sky and it's so it's basically a documentary that explores the four major Japanese islands and it looks at their history and their culture and the way that their landscapes change um, like throughout the seasons. The cinematography is unbelievable. They, I mean, they must be using a lot of drones, but the aerial photography, just the detail, I it's absolutely beautiful. It's like, you know, when you watch Planet Earth or yeah, anything like that and you're kind of just mesmerised by the footage and how they're able to capture that. They've, they've done the same thing with this and the Japanese landscape is so diverse. Like you've got the snow and the mountains in the north all the way down to like the, the tropical areas in the South Island. And I think if, you, if you've had any interest in visiting Japan, whether it's to see the cherry blossoms or autumn or even if, like, obviously it's a, probably a less popular time to visit, but in the winter for skiing or even in the summer, it's absolutely beautiful and I definitely recommend giving it a watch. It's, like, nice, easy watching, but so beautiful. And also you probably learn something as well. I love that. We have Disney+, Plus and I know there are so many documentaries on there because you get, like, National Geographic, like, within the package, and we haven't watched any yet, so I'm going to give that a go and see what else there is. And also... This, it will be live by the time this podcast goes live. Actually, everyone's probably seen it by the time this podcast goes live, but David Attenborough's new <laughs> documentary on Netflix goes live today on the day of recording. So it's a future... I mean, I've not seen it, but I'm sure it's going to be great. So I trust David. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to watch it. They're always amazing. I know, I'm so excited. Um, but in terms of like more fiction TV, if you can call it that, I don't that's what you really call it, is it fiction TV, but... You know, not documentaries. You know what you mean. <laughs> One of the things I've been loving is um, The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. And I think we spoke about this the other day and it was not what I thought it was. I thought it was a knockoff Miss Marple. Obviously, I was very wrong. <laughs> no. I think you will really like this. So it's written by Amy Sherman Palladino, who did Gilmore Girls. And I think once you know that, you can see it because it has a very similar beat to it. Like it's very fast paced, there's lots of quick talking and that sort of thing. But the premise is a woman who is in her like mid-20s, her husband leaves her. This is like literally the first 10 minutes, so it's not a spoiler. Um, and she then goes on to pursue a career in comedy, but it's set in 1950s New York. So nothing about what she is doing or her life or her lifestyle is conventional for the time. But she just like, she very much is very strong minded. She knows her own mind and what she wants and she's going after it. It's very funny, but there's just something so heartwarming about it. And the sets are amazing. The music is brilliant. 
The series are quite short. There's only about eight to 10 episodes in a season, which personally I like because I have a short attention span. Um, And it's all on Amazon Prime. So I would highly recommend. I'm currently halfway through series two. There is a series three. I I don't know whether there is a plan to be series four and that's been delayed by COVID or anything like that. Um, But yeah, it's it's just lighthearted and easy to watch. And I think you will love it. I did love Gilmore Girls. So on that basis, I probably do need to give it a watch because I, I really yeah. feel like I want that kind of warm, comforting, coziness, but easy watching TV mm. show. And the same as you, I, I struggle to commit to a really long season. So when there's less episodes, I can work with that. Yeah, like things happen quickly and it's got... um. It's got almost that really comforting feel that Gilmore Girls has because there's that familiarity and how it like they're not similar shows, the premise, but the way it's written. Like you, if you know they're both written by the same person, you'll see the parallels. I think. Yeah. Oh no, I absolutely need to give that a watch. Um, have you got any more? TV? I do not have any more TV. Do you want? I've got one more. Shoot, go ahead. So. I'm sure I've recommended this before because even though I don't remember recommending it, there is no way I watched this and didn't talk about it for ages. Um, And it is Modern Love. And even if I've recommended it before, I cannot recommend enough going and watching it again because it is what we need right now. I cry in every episode at least once or twice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's so gloriously heartwarming. And it's just, like, I, I really do think it has universal appeal. I actually got my dad to watch it, and then he watched one episode and was like, what have you done to me? You've destroyed me. <laughs> but it's so, like, heartwarming and cosy. And it just follows, if, if you're not familiar with the premise, it's based on the New York Times um, column. And it's people writing their stories of modern love. And it isn't necessarily romantic love. It's all types of love, like platonic and um, just like the the relationships you can have with people that are unexpected. And it's so charming, so lovely, so cosy. It's life affirming. Like I just sit there grinning for half an hour. Um, and the soundtrack's really lovely as well. So if you're look, even if you've seen it, but if you haven't and you're looking for something that's going to just wrap you up in a blanket in the middle of autumn, that's the show. I can't remember if you've recommended it before, but I feel like I've listened to a podcast, which is this. And I don't know if they do have a podcast, but it's a really similar premise to what you've described. And I can't remember if it's actually called that as well. I think they have. They've definitely got a book. Like They made a book out of a load of articles. And I didn't read that in the end because the original plan for Amazon was to do a season two, which would have, I imagine, be due to come out kind of this time of the year. Um, because it's pretty much a year since the last one came out but I imagine that um, our friend Covid has railroaded that of course so it's kind of I I imagine that's been delayed Um, but even if you know what's going to happen the stories are still so lovely that it's worth re-watching Helly you would love it I just know you would okay I will give it a watch I don't know stuff like that I I don't know whether I'll get like emotional or whether I'll cringe like I'm never quite sure which way I'm going to go there's one episode that really made me cringe, um, but it's not like, it's not cheesy. Like it's really, it feels like a very authentic thing. Um, and like when, like for me anyway, when I've got emotional, it's not like a sad emotion. It's like, I'm just so overwhelmed with happiness. Yeah. Okay. I will give that a watch. It does sound very cozy. <laughs> it's cozy. Our favorite word. Anyway, how about books? What have you been reading? 
I just recently finished um, a book called The Family Upstairs. And I've heard about this. I've heard about this a lot. Yeah, so it's been really, really, um, it won a bunch of awards. Um, So it's by Lisa Jewell, and she's had a best-selling book before, which is called Then She Was Gone. I haven't read that, but I'd heard so many good things about this, and it was picked for um, Richard and Judy's book club, which I always know it's going to be like a good commercial fiction when it's picked by them, like a solid, like, not going to be trash, basically. Um And I actually ended up reading it because I was reading another book that I got really bored of. And you know how we said that thing where you really felt that you used to have to finish a book? And with this book, I was just not enjoying it. Um, And I thought, I just want to move on to something else. And I saw this and it was 99p on Google Books. And it was so, so brilliant. I read it in about two days. Um, And it's basically a baby is found abandoned in a a mansion in Chelsea in London and the baby is well fed like happy cozy in the cot but downstairs her parents the their bodies are there and they've been dead for over a week so they know that someone has been in the house caring for this baby and has alerted the police but they turn up and they can't understand who was in their house or who's been caring for this baby and has been living in a house for like a week with dead bodies in the kitchen. And I don't want to give too much away because it would spoilers, but it's absolutely fascinating. Like from page one, I was really, really gripped and I wanted to know what was going on. And it took so many unexpected twists and turns. There's even, there's basically a cult in, in the book, in the story And that's kind of what's been happening in the house. But it unravels in such an interesting way. And it's not scary at all. It's not horror. It's just a good, solid crime fiction sort of thriller. Really, really enjoyed reading it. um, And absolutely recommend if someone's looking for something really gripping that they'll probably plough through in a couple of days. Oh, I fancy something like that. I did download The Silent Patient after you told me to because it was was either free or it was 99p on Kindle. So I got it and then I never got around to reading it, but that sounds, it's not some, some list, but um, I will add that one too. It sounds like that's how I felt, like gripped from the first place. That's how I felt about everything I never told you. Oh um, yeah. When I read that, um, yeah, I just, the second I read the first page, I was like, mm-hmm, I'm, I'm done. I'm here. <laughs> You've got me. They are the best kind of books. I love that. Like if I'm in on the first page, I'm yeah. going to read it so quickly. If I'm not, I know it's going to take me weeks. Yes, yeah. I there's no in between for me. Especially the other thing I find is if I know it's a long book and I'm not gripped by the first few pages, then it will take me weeks and weeks to read. Like, I just it's almost like I can't get over the idea that it's going to take me seven hours to read. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, then I get into competition with my Kindle, and it's telling me it'll take me fifteen hours, and I'm like, no, I'm getting that number down. Um, (laughs) Anyone else who is numbers driven and has something like a Kindle. This is why I also don't think I could ever have an Apple Watch because I think it'd become an obsession too quickly. Um, but anyway, should I share the books on my list? Yes. So the first is a nod to a book I did mention either last episode or one before, which is Becoming Bulletproof. Um, and I know I mentioned the podcast episode that spoke about this with Emma Guns. I've started reading the book. If you enjoyed that podcast episode, I would recommend this book so much because it's even more about 
mental resilience. And I think right now, that's something we can all benefit from, particularly at the moment. Um, And I'm definitely finding it very useful. And there's a lot as well about influencing people. And I think sometimes we think of influencing people in a very specific way. Um, But this looks like the nuances of that and how you basically how to get what you want without, you know, being a dick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I feel like I feel like you will really like this book, House. But the other two books on my list are cookbooks, Um, very simple cookbooks. So nothing in these cookbooks is like difficult to do. But I wanted to share some cookbooks we've been loving because I feel like last time we were all inside a bit more and also just in the autumn, you have a little bit more time to cook and having some nice, wholesome, healthy meals can make all the difference, especially after a long and kind of crappy day, like knowing you've got a nice dinner. My God, it makes a difference. So the first is the green roasting tin, which is a really simple premise. Basically, you just whack everything in a roasting tin and you put it in the oven. I love that. But it's not, uh, it's just 100% my type of cooking. Like it's it's wholesome, it's healthy, but it's simple. Like you don't need 101 ingredients. You don't need all these fancy tools. You literally need a baking tray. Um, half of it is vegan, half of it is veggie, but we've adapted quite a lot of the veggie recipes to be vegan. So it's entirely possible to do. And if you aren't interested in a full veggie or vegan cookbook, they also do um, like a one that contains meat. And I think there's a couple of others as well. And I would just, I think the series is a brilliant premise. The other is The Doctor's Kitchen. And this is a book that came out quite a few years ago. I, I think I've had it for about two or three years. Um, and it's by Dr. Rupi Orchler. And his podcast of the same name is absolutely brilliant. So I'd recommend that as well. Um, and this is mixed. So it's got meat, it's got fish, it's got vegan recipes, it's got some veggie recipes. But a lot of the, a lot of them you can adjust. And that's what we do. Um... And what I love about this one is that he highlights recipes specifically like for gut health or for heart health. And as someone who has 101 gut issues, I find that really helpful. That's such a good idea. It's such a good idea, isn't it? And it gives you more information about what, how, why the foods are so beneficial to eat, which I also love. But the other great thing about both of these books is so many of them, so many of the recipes can be like longer life recipes, if that makes sense. So like, the curries are stuff that you can buy, put in the food cupboard and you can make in a few weeks time. And, or they contain stuff like squash or um, other vegetables that just have a longer shelf life on them. So if you're not wanting to go and do regular shops or you can't, and you've got to do like bigger food shops that are going to last you for a longer period of time, but you're more worried about like getting those fresh nutrients in, these recipes have been really helpful in finding that balance. That sounds like something that I really need because, I mean, especially with with this pandemic, I basically wanted to avoid going to the shop as much as possible. And I don't know how many other people meal plan, but I meal plan about 10 days in advance. And I do exactly that. So I want to get all the nutrients possible so I'll have meals where the fresh stuff needs using like in the first couple of days after you've shopped. Then I'll have other things which will last a bit yeah. longer. And it's it's not hard. I mean, like once you've got a few recipes in the bank and I just bookmark them on my phone and I can kind of go back and pick various ones. But it is, I don't know, it makes shopping easier, but also it is a bit of a chore to try and do. And I think having a recipe book that actually caters for that is really, really useful. 
Yeah, I know you can get specific recipe books all about that. I think, um, oh, what's her name? Jack Monroe. I'm pretty sure she's done one of a very similar, like the whole concept is it's in your store cupboard, I think. But, um, and these these two do have like a lot of fresh, quick to use ingredients. Like they include like spinach and stuff like that. But I love the flexibility because it helps me actually go through that entire process that you just said about like the ingredients you need to use today yeah. versus the ingredients you need in a couple of weeks. Um, so I've been loving it. And also, it's just quite nice and relaxing to cook a nice, wholesome meal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more books to recommend? I don't. Have you? No, I do not. Do, do we want to move on and recommend some uh, brands and small businesses that we've been loving? Yes, I feel like one of the things that's really come out of this experience is discovering lots more, like small independent brands um, yes. who do some really cool things. And I love that. And so many of these brands, I just know I wouldn't have discovered otherwise. What I love is these. So the three I've got on this list here are all ones that are nice for the current situation. So if you're not going to see people, but you just want to let them know that you're thinking of them or they've got a birthday or an anniversary or something like that, I feel like the brands I've picked help you send something nice to them. So the first one I've got on my list is Dee's Basement. If you have not checked out her Instagram account, pause this podcast and go and do it now. Her cakes are incredible. And they're really, they're they're beautiful. And she does a lot of different ones. But one of the ones, and this is what we sent to our friend Asia after she did the artwork for the podcast, is a letterbox cake. How beautiful are they? Seriously, like. Such a good idea. I just, I'm almost amazed that no one came up with it earlier, but I'm so glad that she did. Like, what an awesome idea, especially for lockdown birthdays and lockdown celebrations. Yeah. And everything comes like in, um, like it's sealed in plastic but it's plant-based plastic so it's not like crap for the environment it's all biodegradable and stuff like that so it's just it's such a well thought out brand um and it's also beautiful and just a really nice gesture if you know you're not going to see your friend for their birthday or someone just needs a bit of a pick-me-up it's such a lovely brand to support what's your first little brand yeah so my both of mine actually are very um, I mean, they're open all year round, but I feel like they are very seasonal. And the first one is called The Palm Reef Company. Ooh. And it is based in the UK as well. And it's basically handmade wreaths, um, which obviously are associated with, with Christmas. Um, but she makes them all year round and they include pom-poms as well. Um, and the whole idea is that they they last all year. They're not made out of fresh produce which obviously some people do prefer especially over Christmas holly wreaths and all of that but these will last all year they're made to last outside obviously as long as you're not going to leave them in like a direct stream of rain or snow but they can be hung on an outside door and they are absolutely beautiful there's so many different colors she does four different sizes you can get mini ones all the way up to huge I think they're like 50 45 centimeters wide and then the smallest one is I believe 25 centimeters or maybe 30 and they are just beautiful. So they've all got pom-poms in them. Some are big, some are small. And I mean, there are seasonal ones. She does Christmas ones. She does, she's done gorgeous, like autumnal fall mm. ones with really, really gorgeous, like browns and oranges. There's rainbow ones. There's a gorgeous, like gray one. There's like a dusky blue one. And they, I think they make such amazing gift ideas for people who like that kind of decoration or maybe like to have something hanging on their door or they like to hang those kind of things on the walls in their house 
they are absolutely beautiful they're actually they're like a work of art <laughs> they are amazing um she only opens the shop I believe once a month it's one of those online websites and you order until they're gone and then she makes the next batch so do check out the Instagram if you are interested and it, it always has the date of the next shop opening on there it's the Pom Wreath Company on Instagram that sounds so lovely and you're right such a nice gift idea something really and different they, yeah and they last for so so long and yeah they're beautiful if you want uh, she also does custom and bespoke orders as well so if you are looking for something a bit unique to put into your home then that's something to consider be a really nice new house present wouldn't it so many people I feel like are moving at the moment that would be such a nice like welcome to your new home present yeah yeah absolutely um what's your second recommendation so I'm not really sure this is so much for small business, but one that I didn't realise they had this feature. So Papier are a gorgeous stationery company. If you're not familiar with them, but you love stationery, you will really like Papier. And I know a lot of us are now, even like outside of COVID, I think I'll probably continue to send birthday cards electronically because it's just like it makes life so much easier. And the selection on Papier are gorgeous. If you're looking for something that's really like contemporary, quite chic, very pretty cards. They have a really lovely selection. Um, and it's a similar concept to something like Moonpig or Scribbler or Funky Pigeon or something like that. You can either get the card delivered to you and you can post it or you can just get it sent direct. And they say next day delivery, but let's all be honest. Like, I mean, your birthday card was next day delivery house and it took a month to get to you. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt maybe. But it's a really gorgeous company and like I said the the products are beautiful they're very um they're just they're just very nice like if you're looking for something that's a little bit different there are some really lovely cards on there and also just if you want to send people stationery who doesn't want to receive stationery that's so true and actually as much as I think funky pigeon and all of that are really useful they don't always have the nice attractive card that I'm looking for yeah Yeah. like I've had that sounds up my street (laughs) Yeah, like I've had some brilliant cards in there over the past few months, don't get me wrong. But if you're looking for a really, like, kind of chic or just pretty or very, like, I don't know, someone who you don't want to send, like, a jokey card to, it really fills that gap. But they also do have some funny cards on there. I'm definitely going to check them out. Um, Any other small businesses? I have one more, which is also um, a UK-based business. And I actually came across this when I was looking for your birthday present. Um, Unfortunately, again, it's one of those ones where the shop only opens at certain times. I think it's every six weeks and they sell out so, so fast. It's unbelievable. But it's called Made Weave Love. And Mm. it's this woman who makes these woven wall hangings and they are beautiful and I don't know how to describe them because it sounds like a granny-ish kind of thing but they're not at all they're I don't know they're not it's like really chunky knitting but it's done on um explaining this so badly basically it's done on one of those like weaving boards and the detail and the colors and the different patterns are incredible and they hang on your wall and she does different sizes. So some of them are only really little, like 15 centimeters wide, but she also does ones which are like 30, 40 centimeters wide. And you can also request bespoke ones as well, but the detail in them, and then they have hassle, hassle, 
They have tassels that hang at the bottom as well. And there are so many different colours, similar to the wreaths. Like if you're looking for a gift for someone who's moved house recently or a really kind of long lasting home decor piece for someone, I absolutely recommend checking them out because they are so, so beautiful, all completely handmade. And the colours are incredible. The one that I saw yesterday is like a burnt orange and a dark teal with Ooh. cream tassels along the top and they're all hung on like a um wooden bar that looks a bit like bamboo but I don't know if it is but um yeah beautiful definitely recommend checking them out and also she sells weaving kits if you want to try and make your own hey that's cute I love that something more creative to do as well yeah definitely um what's your next recommendation So my final one in terms of small businesses is a company called Arena Flowers and they have been voted several years in the road, several years in a row, sorry, the UK's most sustainable flower company. And I know that I'm not alone in loving having fresh flowers in the house and it's just such a lovely thing to do for friends or family or if it's someone's birthday, send them some flowers. I always think it's an instant pick me up. But obviously there's an environmental impact there and a lot of flowers that are sent Um, are wrapped in a lot of plastic which is obviously really bad whereas because they're the most sustainable flower company they've they've really really thought about their packaging and how they can counteract their carbon footprint and how they can source their flowers locally so they're just they're taking a really brilliant approach to it I personally think and I sent some the price the starting price point is also really like really really good Um, I think you can get bunches for as little as about 15 pounds which if you are someone who sends flowers to other people frequently, you will know that that is like, yeah, that's good. A very, very good price. Um, and I actually sent some to my sister for her birthday a few months back and they lasted for so long. I think my sister was like going away or something and my mum just kept them. <laughs> She's like, it's been like two weeks and they're still alive. Um, which I also love because there's nothing like worse than when you send someone really beautiful flowers and they arrive kind of a bit damaged, which is what has happened to me in the past with some um, delivery flower services, or they just open up and they die really, really quickly, which is also kind of a bit crap. Whereas these ones lasted a really long time. I love the concept behind them and how it's allowing you to enjoy something so wonderful, but just more thoughtfully, um, which everyone knows I'm all about. And their bouquets are beautiful that's such a great idea I need to check them out I've never heard of them I hadn't I heard of them through Jules von Hepp who if you don't follow on Instagram go now go and follow him he's just a ray of sunshine um but he was sharing them on there and then I was like oh my god I've got to go and try these and I've been so impressed um and like I said they lasted a really long time as well which who doesn't want that really have you have you heard of the what they called the happy blossoms no I haven't so this is like a bonus recommendation now I can't believe I haven't thought to recommend them before but they are in a similar vein they basically don't want to have the same carbon footprint that you have from um like normal florists or flower companies that like you said send them in all that packaging and they don't last for very long and they actually specialize in drying bunches of flowers and they oh I need this but they also dye them so they can be you can basically buy bunches that match a room in your house so like they are so beautiful so it's not just flowers some of it is kind of like ferns and 
like the dried poppy seed bulbs and things like that, basically, like all the filler bits as well. But they are absolutely gorgeous. I saw one the other day. I've seen really vivid colours, like rainbow coloured ones. But I also saw one this week that was lovely kind of dusky beiges and dark greys, which looked absolutely amazing on someone's desk. So again, if you're looking for something really long lasting, God, I've gone on a real home decor route this week, which is interesting because I don't (laughs) own a home. (laughs) Um, another good option if you're looking for kind of a long lasting decoration similar to flowers but obviously not quite the same I'm gonna go check those out because I really want to get something like that for the bedroom like we have a really pretty vase in there and all year round I have like a fake eucalyptus in there but I I just want something that feels more autumnal I've struggled to work out what to put in there but something like that would be perfect yeah you would really love love them yeah although I think it's a similar thing they only open their shop like once a month or something like that because it's all done by I think is it two ladies or something and they they do all of the dyeing and putting them together themselves which is amazing oh that is cool okay I'm gonna go check those out do we want to recommend a couple of instagrams that we've been loving recently yes do you want to share yours first yes so this one is it is an instagram which is how I discovered them but they're actually a business in the UK but the instagram is called um, the golden retriever experience and I follow them it's amazing isn't it amazing their Instagram makes me feel so so happy um for anyone that doesn't know or doesn't follow them they are a um an experience a company not sure what, what you want to call it but they're based in Somerset in the UK and you basically have a personal encounter with a pack of trained golden retrievers so you basically get to just run around and have fun with a huge group of golden retrievers which if anyone knows me I absolutely love golden retrievers that's the first dog that I want at some point in the future but they're also just the happiest dog they just always look so smiley and so cute and their Instagram makes me feel so happy every time I look at it and every time I see one of their photos on my feed that's how being on Instagram should feel like that kind of happy positive space every time I see any of their content it just always makes me smile and they have so many so many cute videos and gorgeous photos definitely recommend if you're a dog lover and also if you're in the Somerset direction maybe booking for a visit although I do think you have to book a fair way in advance I love that it's just so cute they are so cute just their faces are so smiley and they just look so happy all the time oh I love them I love retrievers. They are just the most gorgeous dogs. They are so beautiful. Oh, I could talk about them all day, but I'm not going to. Um, what's your <laughs> what's your Instagram recommendation? So my first one is a very practical one, but I think it's something that even like outside of COVID, we could all really benefit from. But particularly at the moment, I think it will be quite a good tool for a lot of people. It's called the Broke Generation, and it's an Instagram account all about money, basically. And but it's a really open, honest, kind of accessible way to talk about finances, which if any of you have listened to some of our previous episodes, you'll know is something we're both really like passionate about, about talking about money and being more comfortable at knowing what you can do with your money. And it's full of really great pieces of advice of like rebalancing your budget and stuff like that, which at the moment a lot of us are needing to do. And there's just like, there's no judgment if you don't know what you have to do. It's very much more about this is what you can do. 
And I really love the way they go about it. There's one graphic on there that's like a more accurate journey. It's like a flow chart of like a more accurate way of saving. And it takes into account the fact that sometimes you're going to have to spend your savings on unlike unplanned stuff. And, you know, you might get a setback, but then you'll do better. And then you'll have an odd month where it goes really badly. And it's, it's a much more approachable and just realistic way of talking about money, in my opinion. And I've definitely found some of the resources on there really helpful and also really comforting. Like talking about money can be so scary and it especially at the moment for so many people, it's so, it's such a source of such anxiety. Um, But something like this, I just think is occupying a really brilliant space on the internet and doing something really empowering and brilliant. Oh, I totally agree. Like you're exactly right. There's such a stigma about talking about about finances and money and saving and I think especially now people need to be talking about it more and looking for the help they need rather than feeling even more kind of like it's a taboo that's amazing Mm -hmm. I need to check that out yeah and also it's really beautiful as well like the content is really the way it's laid out and I know this sounds really silly to some people but as someone who's really visual I really appreciate it when things are laid out really clearly and in a really pretty and um, easy to read way like if you give me a body of text about it I'm going to struggle to digest that whereas the way that they go about creating the infographics and stuff just makes it so much more easy to digest and remember and that's what you need to be able to do I also feel like that's less intimidating as well when you know you have to tackle a problem like this if it's if you can look at stuff like that and not feel overwhelmed because it's more aesthetically easy to digest that's I think that's a great thing yeah, I, I just think they're doing really great work. Do you have any other Instagram recommendations? So this is kind of similar, actually, to the one you were just talking about. This is also a really great resource um, and I think a really informative space on the internet. And again, it's actually presented really in a really aesthetically pleasing way. The graphics are all very simple, but the colours are really effective. And it's I really enjoy scrolling on their feed, even though they're discussing quite big topics. And they're called So You Want to Talk About. Yes, I love these guys. Yeah, so they are US-centric. So at the moment, there is a lot of information on there about the US election. Um, but even if you want to understand a bit more about what's going on in the US at the moment, go here for some really kind of bite-sized chunks of information without feeling overwhelmed by too much but they also cover loads of social issues as well so anything from black lives matter police brutality um to period poverty uh the greece refugee crisis um really interesting topics as well like confirmation bias and also destigmatizing men's mental health um they've done some recently as well on uh, xenophobia plastic uh, plastic pollution um politicizing covid that one's also really interesting and um like what's not covered by sex ed in schools so there's loads of really relevant topics and i know we've discussed so many similar things to some of those as well but the similarly to yours similarly to yours similarly to your recommendation they're in that really easy to digest slideshow format where you just scroll through the carousel and there's nice like small chunks of information on each one which makes it really like easy to understand the topic if you are looking for a bit more information without being overwhelmed 
Yeah, and I think sometimes with these big issues, you think you have to know it all, and it isn't about that. It's just having that understanding of what's going on. And what I tend to do with their um, their like resources as well is save them into a folder on my Instagram saved. Like if you if you press the little like bookmark kind of looking check thing on the right hand side, I don't really know how you describe that icon. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> In the bottom right hand corner next to the like. Um, I save them and then I go back to them after a little while to reread them because sometimes I'll be like, do you know what? I, I just don't have the mental capacity right now to read about like plastic pollution, but it's something I'm interested in, something really important. So you can save it and just go back to it when you feel like you can digest it. Yeah, I actually did that. They had one recently on Roe versus Wade and I could not get my head around what's happening in some states with trying to remove that law, basically. For anyone that doesn't know it, there's... Um, it surrounds the abortion issue in the US um, and I just did not know enough about it and I did exactly that and I saved it and it was such a great overview to just understand what's going on when it's, it's those kind of things you see covered in the news but you don't really understand where the origin of it's come from they're just talking about the most recent incident that's happened so I find it really helpful to get mm-hmm. that general kind of understanding. Yes I love it for that. Um, do you have any more recommendations? I have one more. And I actually thought that this is one you were going to share because I think now you might have introduced me to this Instagram account. It's called The Eco Warrior. Oh my God, I almost and... recommended it today. And I was really? like, did I already do this the other week? And I couldn't remember if I'd recommended it or if we'd just spoken about it. <laughs> oh, so maybe I think we just spoke about it after we recorded. Yeah. Um, so if we are repeating ourselves, sorry guys, but we think it's a really great Instagram account. <laughs> But similarly to the two we've just discussed, they share really great actionable pieces of advice on how you can just live slightly more sustainably. It's not about um, becoming zero waste, vegan, completely plastic free, all of that stuff overnight. That's not the vibe. Instead, it's like, did you know that X causes this problem and this is how you can solve it? Or you could make this swap and this could make a difference. Or here's a bit more information about this really important thing. And like everything else we've just recommended, it's just bite size and it's so much more digestible. It doesn't feel as scary. Um, and they also have a shop, don't they? Yeah, they have a really amazing selection of like, anything from kind of bamboo like toothbrushes all the way through to like, reusable um, like shaver blades as well. So you're not constantly buying those um, like plastic throwaway disposable ones from the supermarket. I just, I think it's a really great platform. Again, really gorgeous graphics. So really accessible and easy to digest and the fonts are easy to read and all that sort of thing. The things that really matter when you're creating content that is actually useful to people, they've really nailed it on the head. And there's definitely been quite a few things that I've taken from there that I've gone, ah, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. Or, oh yeah, that's kind of, I, I've had a gut feeling about this maybe, but this is like the information to back it up and to know that it wasn't completely like dumbfounded so again I'd really recommend in terms of recommendations we're at pretty much an hour I don't have any more do you have any more no I don't have any more and I don't know if anyone wants to hear any more <laughs> I think there's there's quite a lot there to be keeping us um entertained throughout the autumn but we hope you've enjoyed this and there's something at least that can serve as a distraction or some comfort or whatever else during um, a really still uncertain time. I think a lot of us thought it might be looking quite a bit better by now and maybe it isn't and 
especially if you're somewhere where it is really bad, we are thinking like, we are thinking of everyone and we hope that you're staying safe and that the people you love are well. We will be back in another couple of weeks with another episode. But in the meantime, feel free to get in touch with us if you have any other recommendations you think people would love or you want to chat about any of our previous episodes. Um, You can always reach us on email through growthinprogresspod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on our Instagram, which is at growthinprogresspod. And also, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, whatever it is on whichever platform that you're listening on. It really does. Well, we love it. And also it really does help other people to discover the podcast. So we are really, really grateful if you have a couple of seconds to do that. And to everyone who has been doing that, it has made a huge difference. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We will speak to you next time. Um, Stay safe and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.